Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. I'm Brad Brown. It's uh, good to have you with us. And thank you to the MoneyWeb team as well. They're back again uh, tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Coming your way on this evening's show, we'll be previewing the Twani Open. It gets underway tomorrow. We'll also be taking a look at uh, the cricket that concluded today. The Protea is up against uh, the Black Caps. And uh, we'll also talk about uh, the PSL charging. Uh, Mamelodi Sundowns and Orlando Pirates. Uh, for the fan violence that took place uh, during their clash at Loftus Fashfeld last month. But let's start with some of the stories uh, making news headlines today. And as I mentioned, the Proteas were in action against New Zealand. Uh, that was in Hamilton this morning. And batting first, uh, the Proteas post 279 in their 50 overs. That for eight wickets. In reply, an incredible innings from Martin Guptill. 180 not out of 138 balls guided uh, the Black Caps home. They reached the total with five uh, overs to spare and with just three wickets down. So seven wickets, the margin of victory. We'll chat to you on the route a little bit later on in this evening's show about that. Uh, Momentum One Day Cup action taking place in Bloemfontein this evening. The Knights up against the Dolphins. The Knights batting first after they won the toss were dismissed for 171 in the 41st over. In reply, the Dolphins going great guns. 113 for two after 18 overs. They need another 59 runs with eight wickets remaining in 32 overs. So uh, unless something catastrophic happens there, the Dolphins firm in control of that one. Mamelodi Sundowns and Chipper United completed their abandoned match in Pretoria this morning. The the scoreline was a goalless draw. The match was called off deep in the first half last night due to floodlight failure. Sundowns coach Pizzo Mosimane shared his thoughts following the match. Look, we are happy with the game we got. It was a good game. It was not an easy game for us. It was difficult for us. Difficult because we could not score. And we got frustrated with time, we got frustrated. But we kept pushing the opponents into one half to try and score. But uh, the, the goal did not come, you know. Okay, we needed to do much, a little bit better. And we didn't test the goalkeeper that much, to be honest. Mosimani did feel, however, that they deserved more than the draw. You know, if this was boxing, you'd say you win with the points. But this is football, there's no points here. Boxing with the points. You need to put the ball in the net, then you win. So, but we dominated, but uh, our domination on the ball doesn't really matter because we didn't score. So basically, we tried, but uh, we were not threatening that much. The PSL also announced today that they've charged Mamelodi Sundowns and Orlando Pirates following the events at Loftus Fasfeld last month. Pirates have been charged for the conduct of their fans and Sundowns with a failure to provide adequate security and misconduct of their fans. The second round of group matches uh, in the under-20 AFCON gets underway today. Uh, the first match has concluded Guinea and Egypt drawing nil-nil. Mali up against Zambia at the moment. I'll get a score for you in just a moment. In Super Rugby news, the Cheetahs have been dealt a double blow. The news that Captain Francois Fenta will miss Saturday's clash against the Bulls. He's still recovering from an ankle injury, while winger Sergio Peterson out of action for between four to six weeks. He's taken a knock to the knee. Italy will be without fly half Tommaso Allen, who's picked up a shoulder injury for the rest of the Six Nations. They've called up Matteo Minozzi as his replacement. 2017-20 Open gets underway tomorrow, and uh, Michael Flismas will join us a little bit later on the show to chat about 
some of the contenders and what we can expect in Pretoria. On to tennis, five-time Grand Slam champion Maria Sharapova has been given a wild card to play in the Italian Open. That takes place in May, while world number 10 and defending champion Elina Svitolina has withdrawn from the Malaysian Open. She's picked up a lower leg injury. News from the Dubai uh, Championship, world number one Andy Murray through to the quarterfinals, courtesy of a 6-2-6 love win over Spain's Guillermo Garcia Lopez, while Robin Haas stunned fifth seed Thomas Burdish 3-6-6-3 and 6-4 to also go through through to the next round. And finally, Budapest has officially withdrawn from the race to host the 2024 Olympic Games. That leaves Los Angeles and Paris as the only remaining candidates. Coming up next, we'll chat some cricket with Johan Leroux. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, if you woke up early this morning to watch the cricket as a South African fan, uh, I don't want to say disappointing performance, uh, but it was, uh, if you look at the scorecard, very one-sided. And uh, what it does do is really make uh, the final decider uh, of the series uh, with everything to play for, which I think is uh, quite exciting. The Proteas have been talking about wanting to uh, perform well at the ICC Champions Trophy that's coming up. Here yeah, they've got an opportunity to play in, uh, in, I put it in air quotes, a final, because winner takes all this coming weekend. It is 2-2 in that series between the Black Caps and uh, South Africa. We join now by Johan Leroux. Johan, uh, good evening to you. Uh, it must feel like it's about midnight, because I know you've been up since uh, three o'clock since it started, but uh, in in the end, or at the end of the day, I think uh, the protest probably just didn't put enough runs on the board. Thank you very much, Brad. Uh, I think that uh, they uh, it was one of those New Zealand innings that come around uh, once in a in a lifetime. I think for someone like Martin Guthrie, because at the halfway mark with the protest posting 279, I think they were quite confident that that would be enough because the track was spinning quite a bit and it was quite bowler-friendly. At one stage, it didn't even look like the Proteas would pass 250, so Avi de Villiers and Wayne Parnell did really well to get to 279. So I don't know if it's a case of not having enough runs on the scoreboard or if it was a case of not bowling the correct lines and not being disciplined enough or if it was a case of Martin Gapsel just completely batting South Africa out of the game because he played a magnificent knock, especially considering the conditions that he was batting on. Him and Ross Taylor adding that... Uh, partnership, I think it was of 180, and then Gapsel uh, eventually going on to score 180 himself of 138 balls, 15 fours, 11 sixes, he really was outstanding, even Kane Williamson, the captain of New Zealand, said afterwards that it was the most impressive knock that he's ever seen somebody play, so yeah, it, it, I, I don't think the blame is really on South Africa's side, it was just one of those games when it wasn't really happening for the Proteas, there were a couple of, uh, I think Gapsel was given out at one stage, LBW, and then that decision was overturned and then also a couple of tough chances in the field as well. So one of those days when it just didn't happen for the Proteas, but like you said, now it all sets it up perfectly for Saturday's game and uh, what adds a little bit of spice to the match is that it's going to be taking place in Auckland at Eden Park where South Africa lost to New Zealand in that 2015 Cricket World Cup. So that's going to be exciting and I think you and I spoke about it uh, a week or so ago that the Proteas need to be tested and they need to be put in this pressure situation ahead of that ICC Champions Trophy. And now we have that situation coming up. Yeah, absolutely. We've seen it so many times with the Proteus crews into a, a tournament where uh, they're full of confidence and as soon as the pressure's on, they, they struggle. And here's an opportunity for them to, to really try and, and win a final, so to speak. But you mentioned Martin Guptill and, and things not quite going uh, the Proteus way. He was also, let's not forget, it was a, a court behind that was given out uh, and then reviewed uh, where the ball bounced just short of Quinton de Kock as well. So uh, things definitely not going uh, the Proteus way with the bat, but uh, with the ball rather. But uh, let, let's talk about some of the 
batting performances. Quinton de Kock going out uh, for a duck, failing for the first time in a long time. I think uh, I think he scored five consecutive half centuries and then goes out second uh, first ball this morning. But there were a couple of of good batting performances. You meant uh, you mentioned Avi de Villiers. I mean, he was superb once again. But uh, Faf Duplessis looked great uh, with a bat and and uh, as you, as you said, a, a very quick fire cameo from Wayne Parnell. He's he seems to be coming into a, a little bit of form with a bat as well, which is good news. Yeah, very good news. He, he, he was outstanding towards the end. I think we've been critical, well, I've been critical of, of Wayne Parnell, uh, perhaps not thinking at times that he can fulfill that all-rounder role, but he showed to the, this morning that he, he has that capability. I mean, scoring 29 off of 12 deliveries is exactly what you need down the order. A little bit of a disappointing performance uh, by J.P. Dimini, and I think he's probably the batsman who's feeling the most under pressure at the moment. And then also someone like David Miller, he only scored the one and can't put too much blame uh, on, on Miller there as well. He just wasn't his knock. But one thing that's been lacking in this series for the pros is, is that very few batsmen have been able to get their 50 and convert it into a, a big 100 like Martin Gapsel did. And that's perhaps something that's a little bit concerning for Russell Domingo. Uh, again, A.B. de Villiers was outstanding. He did everything that he could when it came to his opportunity. He scored 72 off of 59. But again, it begs the question, must A.B. de Villiers not perhaps be promoted up the order and come in ahead of J.P. Dumini or perhaps even come in at number three uh, just so that he can give, ha- have more time? Because if your number one batsman only gets to face 59 deliveries, then uh, surely you would want him to spend some more time at the crease and get settled and turn that uh, 50 into a big 100. So a few question marks there for Russell Domingo. Uh, Bowling-wise, I I think the Proteas weren't too disciplined, but also uh, uh, Imran Tahir was outstanding. Yet again, Kakisa Rabada was quite disciplined up front. Uh, Wayne Parnell copped a few, and and Wayne Pretorius also a few question marks around his performance today. But again, they've been performing throughout the series, so it just wasn't happening for them. And unfortunately, Andile Petrolquire also missing out, and uh, perhaps he could have made a difference with the bat. Uh, or even with the ball, but uh, other than that, I, th- I think it is the perfect scenario for the series and the perfect scenario for the Proteas as well, just to be put in that pressure situation. Yeah, absolutely, Johan. Let, let's talk about how the Proteas approach uh, the, the decider this coming weekend. It's been a, a pretty tightly contested uh, series. The first two games are a lot closer than the last two, uh, but uh, I, I think we're in for a close one on, on Sunday or, or on the weekend. Do they Do they change much when it comes to personnel or have we pretty much settled on, on the 11 at the moment? I think it depends who's available. I think if Andile Pechukwaya is, yeah, is uh, fit and available, I think he will come back into the team, whether he replaces Chris Morris or Dwayne Pretorius or Wayne Parnell. I think that uh, remains to be seen. I think the bowling department, Takisa Rabada and Imran Tahir will stay and as well as the top six uh, of the batsmen, they're pretty settled at the moment. Uh, again, some question marks over J.P. Dumini and David Miller, but they seem to be fulfilling that role from time to time. So I don't think we'll see too many changes. I think that requires going to be the only change. And then I think the mindset that Russell Domingo and A.B. de Villiers will want to have the, the players have is just this is a final, this is a must-win match. We've been in this situation before, and uh, people have used the, uh, used the C word, and uh, we don't want to be in that situation again. So just treat this as a final, treat this as a, a winner-takes-all encounter, treat this as an ICC Champions Trophy final, 
and uh, let's make sure that we do come out on top. And also, if, luckily, if South Africa do lose this match uh, coming up on Saturday, they've only lost this series, and they can uh, decide where what they need to work on. Perhaps they do need to work on that mental aspect of their games ahead of that ICC Champions Trophy final. So uh, they can only win from this situation, even if they don't perhaps uh, win the match, because they will learn from this uh, coming up to that ICC Champions Trophy. And, and you said it, the Proteas have been playing outstanding cricket, but we've been in this situation before. We need to make sure that when it comes to, to crunch time that we put in a good performance. Yeah, could not agree more. Johan Lurie, thank you very much for that. Uh, we look forward to that uh, final match in the series. It's been a, a wonderful series, and it's great to see the Proteas in some uh, some uh, competitive and close cricket after two very one-sided series uh, against Australia and Sri Lanka. So thanks for your time this evening. Much appreciated. Go get some sleep, and we look forward to catching up this weekend. Thanks, Brad. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. More golf to look forward to on the South African scene tomorrow. We join now by Michael Flissmus, who's up in Pretoria. It's the Twine Open. Uh, it all tees off tomorrow morning. Michael, welcome back onto SAFM Sport Trap. Thanks for your time this evening. Thanks, Brad. Always good to be with you. Michael, it's great to have uh, this sort of level of golf uh, in South Africa. Often we, we, we follow what's going on around the world, but uh, a couple of weeks back-to-back, obviously the Joburg Open last weekend, uh, and now the Twine Open this weekend. Yes, it's fantastic. Back-to-back European Tour events, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's so good for our, our, our Sunshine Tour professionals that they, they get this kind of exposure, this kind of competition. Um, you know, as I've said, they've got four European Tour events on home soil, which is such an important springboard for them to be able to, to capitalise. You know, you you can uh, you can secure your playing privileges if you don't already have them on uh, one of the major tours in the world, and you can do so in your backyard. So uh, the home advantage is is really what the South Africans want to take uh, take advantage of in a very big way. Mm. Michael, before we get into who are some of the contenders, some of the favourites heading into the weekend, uh, last weekend uh, the Elements obviously uh, played havoc with uh, the Joburg Open. What's the forecast looking like over the next four days? I know there's been lots of rain about uh, in Gauteng. Are we, do we have uh, the chance of four full days of golf? Well, the last forecast I looked at was this morning and uh, it seemed to indicate that there was a 40% chance of rain on Friday and then an 80% chance of uh, thunderstorms on on the weekend so uh, so you know that it, it's changing all the time I mean this afternoon we uh, it was a practice round out there today and uh, and the sirens went for that late this afternoon as well because a bit of lightning came in now that wasn't even forecast so it's anybody's guess at the moment you know uh, we it's, it's nowhere near I mean having been at the Joburg Open last week and, and what we had Monday Tuesday Wednesday there and even a bit of Thursday, um, we haven't had any of that this week. So already you've got to feel we've uh, we've got a much better chance. And uh, and it'll be it'll be good if we can get four rounds in, you know, because this, of course, also the the the, the sort of season finale for the Sunshine Tour, it's the final event on the 2016-2017 season for the Sunshine Tour. So. You know, a lot at stake this this week for for Sunshine Tour players. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let's talk about some of the the contenders and who who could be in with a shot uh, come Sunday. Uh, I know in your preview that we had on PM Live, you mentioned George Kutsia. Uh He's obviously won there before, so knows what it takes. He's won multiple tournaments, but uh, how's he looking? He has struggled for form uh, over over the last couple of seasons. Had some some injury issues as well. Is he is he on top of his game? He's very much on top of his game, and. Uh, 
you know, I've, I've, I've chatted to him as he's been through the ankle injury and, and that was a bit of a blessing in disguise for him because he, he said before that he was, he was kind of fighting his swing and never really feeling at peace with, with the kind of swing he had. He felt he was always searching out there, um, and which is incredible considering how well he's done searching for the perfect swing, the perfect game. And uh, when he had that an- ankle injury, he had a lot of time to take stock. And he's basically rebuilt his swing and uh, gone. And, and, and he now has six key thoughts. I won't bore you with what they are, but he has six key thoughts um, that he sticks to and he's practicing and, and he's, he's focused on. And, he's, you know, he said earlier this week, but he really feels like he's got that under the belt now and he's just staying focused. It feels like it's, it's coming more naturally now. So, uh, so I think, you know, and, and on, a, on a golf course where he's been playing junior golf since, since a young kid and won so many times, I think he's always going to be a factor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Darren Sickhart, another man who's, who's played a lot of golf here, feeding off a lot of good form at the moment. Um, Yaku from Sale, also a man who's, so at peace with himself off the golf course and it's showing him the kind of form that he's got on the golf course. Dean Burmester, he's been knocking so hard this summer. You've got to feel there's, got to, there's a breakthrough coming soon. So I think, I think, you know, there's a number of players, a number of South Africans. Dylan Fratelli, there's another one that is, that is just, you know, producing such good golf. So I, I think we're in for a great week. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, it, you mentioned the South African contingent and particularly the, the ones who played a lot of junior golf in with a shot, but there's a couple of really good uh, international players out this uh, week as well. There are. There's a, there's a great international field. You know, a, a, a young player I've sort of had my eye on since uh, the Alpha Daniel Championship at Deppard Creek where, you know, I walked around a couple of practice holes uh, with him there and it's, it's Thomas Deppard from Belgium and I was really impressed. He had a top 10 um, in what effectively was his first tournament on the, on the full European tour uh, season. And, uh, you know, he hasn't done too much since, but, but he just looks, you know, the complete product to me. So, you know, I'd be impressed to see what, what, what he does. Um, of course, you've got, uh, you know, you've got the likes of Darren Clark. You've got, uh, um, from a South African perspective, 2008 Masters champion, um, Trevor Immelman. But, uh, but I really think there's, uh, you know, I think it's going to be hard-pressed for the South Africans not to, to, to take home this trophy. Yeah, absolutely. We, we mentioned it last week around the Joburg Open as well, with the course being fairly wet. Are we going to see a, a low-scoring affair this weekend? I think we will. You know, um, the rough is, is, is brutal. The rough is punishing, um, which it usually is at Pretoria Country Club. But um, I think there's, there's, there's too many professionals in the field this week who know this golf course inside out. There's, you know, it's, it's a course that features, from a South African perspective, it features on a lot of players' um, you know, CDs in terms of they've played a lot of junior golf here, they've played a lot of amateur golf here. So I think it just sets up really well for too many players for it um, you know, not to be... Um, a pretty low scoring event you know the greens do take a bit of knowing and that'll separate the men from the boys certainly that the local knowledge will come in in a big way there but um, but I think if, if you know the majority of these players keep it on the fairways I think uh, I think you're going to see uh, you know some pretty good scoring Michael as far as uh, the the sort of getting out there and, and watching summer's golf can anyone come down is it uh, open to the public uh, I know there's lots of uh, golf fans up in Gauteng and it's a great opportunity to, to for a dad to, to take a, a youngster son or a daughter to see some of uh, the best players not just that South Africa has to offer but the European Tour has to offer Absolutely and uh, and do so because uh, you know they say it's, it's about more than just golf but they've, they've really taken it to heart at the Tony Open and uh, 
you know, I, I've been most impressed. You know, you, you see so many golf tournaments, you go to so many golf tournaments, and there's new initiatives here, there, and everywhere all around the world. But the night market that they got going at Pretoria Country Club, you know, after play, you know, they get a they get a market going. There's there's great coffees, there's food, there's uh, for those that that are of age, craft beers, all that kind of thing. But, um, you know, there's entertainment. It really is such a good atmosphere, and, it's, and it makes for such a good day out, you know, to, 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 to you know, Pretoria Country Club is such a fabulous mm-hmm. venue to, to walk around, um, you know, just, you know, sit on the grass at one hole, watch the players go through, and then, then have a meal afterwards at the night market. I think, I think it, it, it really is for the kind of value that it offers, as you say, bring the family a Friday night, a Saturday night, um, it, it, it can really be a lot of fun in that sense. It's, uh, it really is. It, it's impressed me with, with, with how, you know, how it does reach out to, to more of an audience than just those who want to watch golf. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds brilliant. Well, Michael, thank you so much for that preview. We'll chat again tomorrow night and Friday uh, and then across the weekend here on SAFM as well as we head towards uh, the conclusion of the 2017 Twine Open. Thanks for your time this evening. I look forward to it. Thanks, Brad. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. And uh, as you heard on PM Live this afternoon, the PSL uh, have announced today that uh, they are going to be charging uh, Mamelodi Sundowns uh, and uh, Orlando Pirates following uh, the events, or they have charged, I should say, uh, following the events uh, at Loftus Fashfeld last month. We join now by Sokla Duma's uh, Joe Cran. Joe, welcome on to the show once again. Nice to nice to touch base. Yeah, it's just a pity it's about such a rubbish subject. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I could not agree more. It's sad that we have to even be speaking about it, to be honest. But uh, good news is the PSL taking action. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's it's taken a little bit longer than a lot of people expected. It'll definitely take longer than I expected. I think it was uh, it was something that we expected in the in the days or week that followed. And so for it to have taken uh, this long is is a little bit strange. But yeah, it looks like they, they've made the right decision in the end. And obviously, we've now got pirates being uh, being charged for the, the behaviour of their fans, and we've got uh, we've got something going on with with some nuns as well, which I think a lot of people didn't expect. They've they've obviously been put in a situation where. Um, that's come down to their um, security or lack thereof. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting now to see what happens. I mean, uh, it's just a charge. We've, we've still got to wait until, um, until I think it's March 9th, before, we, before the actual hearing takes place. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, Joe, that, it does, it, to me it is curious, you mentioned that the time frame, it would be a different story if, if outcomes were announced today, because like you say, it's taken a while, but for the charges to only be, be laid now, it, it does seem a bit strange. What do you, what do you think the delay has, or has caused, or, or what's been the cause of the delay? I think they've probably been looking into things a little bit. I think that they, um, with it being such a, a, a bad um, a bad situation, they they probably... Um, Probably had a few things to look into before before they could could go ahead and, and make a decision on on what the actual charges were. So um, I think in that regard, it's probably taken a while. But for me, I, I think that there's, there should be a little bit more to it. I think that they've got to take uh, more action than just charging the the clubs. I think something needs to be done with the with the fans personally. I think that maybe Barrett should be forced to play behind closed doors or something like that. I think it, it's something that we really do need to stamp out of the game and. Um, if it takes playing a few games where, where the fans actually aren't allowed in it at all, then, then so be it. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned that. Uh, 
as much as the clubs do get charged, that's, I mean, you, I think you're spot on that, that it does need to, to sort of hit the fans. And, and in the end, that'll, that'll hit the club as well. Because let's be honest, there is no room in football anywhere in the world for, for the scenes that we saw at Loftus. No, I mean, we don't need to see that. Uh, we never need to see that. I think that there are some fans that, that feel the only way they can get their point across is by, um, by using violence, by, by doing what they did and taking a, a physical stand like we did at Loftus and um, I think we need to let you say make sure that people know that that's not the case uh, unfortunately they, it does happen it's not just like we see in South Africa and nowhere else, nowhere else in the world but um, they, they need to kick a stand and make sure that, that going forward the fans are hit with this because it's no good charging the clubs and, and then it happens again because the, fan, the fans don't see a, an impact I mean if you charge a football club um, it doesn't affect the fans affect the fans' pocket. It doesn't affect the fans um, going to games. I think there also needs to be some kind of um, long term. There needs to be some kind of security measures put in so these guys can be properly identified and mm. um, just the sort of ringleaders of the of, of what happened. The guys that started it, the guys that um, kicked off things, so that they they individually can be banned. And uh, we've seen it. We've seen it elsewhere. Um, we've seen situations where these guys are handed lifetime bans and I think if, if that's what needs to be done then then if the PFL can implement that then that'd be that'd be great going forward. So you mentioned you were a bit surprised that uh, sundowns have been charged as well and uh, obviously it's from the security side of things and uh, I mean they were the home team it, it is up to them to make sure that the security is of standard their fans also been or they've been charged for their, their fans misconduct as well uh, do, do you think the PSL is is right in charging both both teams here? I think I think if there was uh, if the, the Sundowns fans were involved, then then yeah, I think um, when, when I say I was surprised, I, I think that uh, what by what I mean what I mean by that sorry is, is that I I think it was all expected for it to be sort of eyes on pirates and and they were the sort of instigators and that's what the, the crux of the whole thing was. But um, like I say, if if it was a situation where the Sundowns fans were also getting involved and their fans were also being unruly, then then it's definitely right to, to charge them as well. I think the, the PSL have done the right thing. And, and with regards to the security, if, if the security meant that these fans were able to get away with what they did and, and, and caused such a, a ruckus, then, then someone's got to take the, take the blame for that as well. So, yeah, I mean, like I say, it's not a surprise in terms of I don't think it was deserved. It's just I, I, I didn't expect it to be um, to be placed on, on, on both of them um, when... They look like that. the instigators of the whole thing were, were pirate sports. Mm. Do, do you think there's something in the timing to this as well with, with uh, this being announced today? Obviously, the Soweto Derby coming up this weekend, and uh, it could be the PSL saying, you know what, uh, we are looking at this, we're taking it very seriously, don't try anything uh, this weekend. Yeah, I think partly. I think there's definitely an aspect to that, of a, a little bit of a, a word of warning there, and, and with them saying, look, this is what we are doing, um, if you, basically, you need to keep control of your people and, and make sure that everything's um, as it should be this weekend. Obviously, we've got the biggest game in South African football. We've got um, nearly 100,000 people pouring into the stadium. And, and if things do boil over, then, um, yeah, I, I don't want to be there when that happens. So hopefully uh, this will, will go some of the way to, to making sure that, that doesn't happen. I mean, uh, we luckily, in my whole time in South Africa, I've been to many, many Soweto derbies and I've I've never seen anything anything like that happen, but uh, we saw what happened with Pirates, and if, if, if Pirates get another bad result again, um, you can't say for sure that there won't be problems. So 
uh, like you say, I think I think there is an element of that. There is an element of the, the PSL um, using this as a a little bit of a, a deterrent, and, and hopefully it works uh, because we, like I said, we we got no time for that as, as journalists. It's not something we want to be writing about. And as football fans, um, one thing that scares me, and I, and I think it's been it's been spoken about previously, is um, we have these sort of um, ideas of, of football and it being a a violent sport with the fans it's, it's something that's played English football over the years since the 70s and 80s and, and I think that this doesn't help I mean you've got guys who are taking their kids to their games and, and if, if you're a parent and you, you took your, your youngster to Loftus um, for, the, for the Pirates announced game I'd be very surprised if you if you took them back any time soon and it's very sad that that's the case because that, that trust has got to be earned back and, and it's not something that's easy to do yeah, absolutely. Well, Joe, thank you very much uh, for your analysis on that, and we'll keep a, a close eye on what the PSL does do, the investigation, uh, and then the sanctions that will be imposed. I'm sure there will be sanctions uh, imposed on, on the clubs, but we'll wait to, to see and hear uh, what does come out of this. Joe Cran from uh, Sokla Duma, thank you so much for your time once again this evening here on SAFM Sports Wrap. Always a pleasure, mate. Take care of yourself. SAFM Sports Wrap. And uh, that's almost it for the show for tonight. Just a couple of score updates for you. Uh, that under-20 AFCON, uh, the group match, Group A clash, uh, taking place as we speak right now. It is half-time between Mali and host Zambia. And I can tell you that Zambia are 3-1 up going into the break. So a fantastic uh, first half for the youngsters from Zambia. And then crickets. There's that Momentum One Day Cup match that's taking place in Bloemfontein. The Dolphins up against the Knights and the Dolphins firmly in control in that one. They are currently 151 for three after 23.5 overs. Uh, They need just another 21 more runs with seven wickets remaining. And they've got 26 overs still to do it in. So uh, they are walking to victory there against the Knights. The Knights just not putting on enough runs. 171 all out uh, in 40 overs. So uh, yeah, they were on the back foot from the start. We'll have all your sports results tomorrow morning on AM Live with Janet Whitten. Make sure you tune in then. Coming up on the other side of seven, it is the talk shop with Naledi Maleo. Make sure you stay tuned. For myself, Brad Brown, thank you for listening. Do be in touch. You can find us on social media. You can uh, search for at SAFM Radio or myself personally at Big Brad Brown. Love to hear from you. So uh, go and look us up. Uh, thanks to my producer, Siobhan Chetty, this evening. Right now, though, it is 7 o'clock and Greg Host has your news.